When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hi everyone, and welcome back to More Than Amused. I'm Stani. And I am Sadie, and this is our part two for our Beyonce series, our long-awaited Beyonce series. Yes, long-awaited by us. Obviously, none of you knew it was coming. But (laughs) But it's been on the roster for a long time. Yeah, we've been waiting forever. I I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to it. We covered all of her early childhood up to the Sasha Fierce release. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving on to a lot more current history that a lot of you are probably more familiar with. But And I'll talk about that. Pretty much everything... 2011 Sasha Fierce on Mm -hmm. I'll be talking about we'll talk a little bit more about her legacy and all the cool things about Beyonce and there's a lot of cool things about Beyonce so there is there's way too many like (laughs) we didn't even get to do everything and it's a two-part episode exactly (laughs) so go back listen to part one if you didn't and Mm -hmm. hope you enjoy the rest of Beyonce all right so I'm 2011 to present I got 10 years that we're going to go through as quickly as possible. So her fourth studio album was called Four, appropriately. It was inspired by Fila Cootie, 1990s R&B, Earth, Wind & Fire, DeBarge, Lionel Richie, Tina Marie, Jackson 5, New Edition, Adele, Florence and the Machine, and Prince which I'm just loving how everywhere those are. But on June 26th of 2011, she became the very first solo female artist to headline the main pyramid stage at the 2011 Glastonbury Festival in over 20 years, which is insane. And then this album, Four, was released two days later in the U.S. It sold 310,000 copies in its first week, debuted atop the Billboard 200 chart, giving her fourth consecutive number one album in the U.S. And it was preceded by two of its singles, which was Run the World Girls and The Best Thing I Never Had. Yes. And then the fourth singer, Love on Top, which is another just staple, I think, in the Beyonce discography. And that song spent seven consecutive weeks at number one on the hot R&B and hip hop songs and peaked at number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, the highest peak from the album, which I think is crazy is I feel like Love on Top and Run the World are just such staple iconic songs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that on the Hot 100, they only hit 20 and 29 that is pretty crazy. Like, it's just interesting to me that it's like you just never know what songs are actually going to last. And sometimes the top, yeah. like, you know, number one songs of the time, they don't really have the longevity that some of these lower peaking ones do. Like Run the World and Love on Top. Just iconic Beyonce yeah, songs. Yeah, and like Run the World. How many times have you heard that quoted? <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like that's almost yeah. just become a part of like, I don't know, the way we speak. <laughs> that's exactly. how iconic that song is. It's entered our American vernacular. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it only hit number 29, which is just, I was that's very insane. shocked to see that. On August 1st of 2011, the album was certified platinum, having shipped 1 million copies to retail stories. And by December of 2015, it actually reached sales of 1.5 million copies in the U.S., which is crazy. And the album reached 1 billion Spotify streams on February 5th, 2018, making Beyonce the first female artist to have three of their albums surpass 1 billion streams on the platform. I believe that. Which is crazy because this is an album that came out in 2011, you know, and it obviously... Like Spotify wasn't a main thing, but in the fact that in 2018, you know, seven years later, it's still being streamed as much as it is. In January 2013, Destiny's Child released Love Songs, a compilation album of the romance theme songs from their previous albums and a newly recorded track, Nuclear. Beyonce performed... At this time, the American National Anthem singing along with a pre-recorded track at President Obama's second inauguration in Washington, D.C. Oh, there you go. So, you know, just very casual, very, you yeah. know, not a big deal event. Can you imagine feeling like, 
Oh yeah. I don't know why I was about to say that the president just has Beyonce on retainer. It was like that I put the Beyonce at a higher level than the, the United States president. <laughs> that feels right though. It was like she's been hitting records higher longer than he was president for. Yeah. <laughs> like she's the bigger deal here <laughs> than the American president. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then the following month she performed at the Super Bowl that her for her very first time for the halftime show held at the Mercedes Ben's Superdome in New Orleans, this performance stands as the second most tweeted about moment in history at 268,000 tweets per minute. Per minute? Per minute. Isn't that insane? Okay, but what were they tweeting about? Just about, I guess, the performance. How great How great was. it was, yeah. I was trying to think if anything weird happened during that one, but it, it was just... It was just Beyonce. Um, way to go i know i think that's so crazy and then at the 55th annual grammy awards she won for best traditional r&b performance for love on top and her feature-length documentary film life is but a dream first aired on hbo on february 16th and the film was co-directed by beyonce herself so she's just like dipping her toes into everything also i think during her super bowl halftime show she brought back destiny's child right i i don't know i know she did a coachella but I can't I remember think if they when did I was that looking at, the... at them. I saw a picture of them at the Super Bowl halftime. Oh, that's it cool. might have been very brief, but I think she did bring back. I mean, I guess you'd kind of have to if, like, that's yeah. where you started. If you're going to sing the songs. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway. No, that's cool. I didn't even, like, <laughs> yeah. look that. So 2013 through 2015, this is, like, ugh, this is, I mean, everything we've done is, like, I feel like the peak, but I feel like everything coming up, I'm like, this is the peak, but I know. it's just... There's no valleys in this woman's career. That's all. There's not. <laughs> She's just amazing. Okay, so she embarked on the Mrs. Carter Show World Tour on April 15th in Serbia, and the tour included 132 dates, ran through to March 2014. It became the most successful tour of her career and a, and one of the most successful tours of all time. Um, yeah. December 13th of 2013, she unexpectedly released her fifth studio album on the iTunes store without any prior announcement or promotion the album debuted atop the billboard 200 chart giving her fifth consecutive number one in the u.s and this made her the first woman in the charts history to have her first five studio albums debut at number one i feel like she hit that record every time every though. time yeah. they're like the first one to have four the, the first, first one, one to have, have five. five yeah exactly <laughs> oh man her album which is by the way is called Beyonce. It received mm. critical acclaim and commercial success. It sold 1 million digital copies worldwide in six days. Holy crap. Insane. Musically, it was kind of an electro R&B album. It concerns more darker themes previously, like that wasn't really explored in her preview work, such as like problems with eating disorder and postnatal depression mm -hmm. and the fears and like insecurities of her motherhood and marriage, which I thought is really cool. Yeah. The single Drunken Love, which I, I love that song, featuring Jay-Z, peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. And then in April 2014, Beyonce and Jay-Z officially announced their On the Run tour, served as the couple's first co-headlining stadium tour together on August 24th of 2014. 14, she received the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award at the MTV VMA Awards, which is cool because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the connection with Michael Jackson that you mentioned. Yeah. And then she also won three other awards like Best Video with Social Message, Best Cin Cinematography for Pretty Hurts, as well as the Best Collaboration for Drunken Love. In November of that year, Forbes reported that Beyonce was the top earning woman in music for the second year in a row, earning $115 million in the year. That was more than double her earnings in 2013. Holy crap. So, oh madness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Also, how cool is it that like she gets to just collaborate with her husband I know. forever and like win awards with him and, and have go him on tours with him and like going That's on tour, so you don't have to leave your healthy family. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. No so. wonder they've been together forever. They can just like intertwine their careers so perfectly. And yeah. And if one like gets built up or like raised, they kind of both go along with it, which I think is yeah. obviously very healthy way of doing it. 100%. At the 57th annual Grammy Awards, she was nominated for six awards, ultimately winning three for the best R&B performance and best R&B song for Drunken Love and best surround sound album for Beyonce, which is an, I didn't know it was an award. Is that a thing? Yeah. She was nominated for album of the year, but the award went to Beck for his album Morning Phase. And I remember that this is like when I started writing or not writing when I started watching the Grammys and on Twitter that day, like, I mean, people know who Beck is like they're not 
a nothing band, mm-hmm. but it was trending hashtag who's Beck. Cause I think everyone <laughs> expected Beyonce to win. And then it was yeah. just shocking that it's kind of like what happened at this last year at the Grammys where there were so yeah. many things, so many big contenders for it that it was almost like the little guy just kind of slipped through. So yeah, that's crazy. All right. So 2016, February 6th, she released the song Formation and it's accompanying music video exclusively on the music streaming platform Tidal. And I think Tidal is like the streaming platform that Jay-Z created. And the song was- Is it still yeah, around? It's still around. Oh, it's cool. not as much of like a force, but I do know that Tidal apparently pays their artists much better than- Spotify Good for them. music. And the wow. song was made available to download for free on the streaming platform. She performed Formation live for the first time in the NFL Super Bowl 50th halftime show, which I remember that mm. performance. It was amazing. She co-headlined that with Bruno Mars and they both had done that. It was a great show. It was just great. That's awesome. But I actually like the appearance was considered a really controversial thing because it appeared to reference the 50th anniversary of the Black Panther Party and the NFL like forbids political statements in its performances. So that apparently garnered like quite a controversy. But it was iconic. I remember watching it. Yeah. It was the best. (laughs) Immediately following the performance, she announced the Formation World Tour, which highlighted stops in both North America, Europe, ended on October 7th with Beyonce bringing out her husband, Jay-Z, Kendrick Lamar, and Serena Williams for the last show. And then that tour went on to win Tour of the Year at the AMAs. And then here comes Lemonade. So April 16th of 2016, she released a teaser clip for a project called Lemonade. And it turned out to be a one-hour film which aired on HBO exactly one week later. And then a corresponding album with the same title was released the same day, but it was released exclusively on title. Lemonade debuted at number one in the US, which I think is insane that it debuted at number one, considering it was only available on one specific streaming platform that wasn't a mainstream and and like still isn't like the standard for streaming services. That's insane. That just shows you the power. I mean, like obviously she has the record yeah and that holds up you know so like mm-hmm. and like you said <laughs> but that's crazy. it keeps following her because this made her the first act to have their first six studio albums debut <laughs> atop the chart it'll just happen every time yeah, exactly <laughs> and then all 12 tracks of lemonade debuted on the billboard hot 100 chart i like Holy i think this is finally when i was like able to recognize like you know, I was a part of this pop culture moment. I remember mm-hmm. Lemonade coming out. I remember seeing everyone talking about it. I remember listening to it for the first time. It's a great yeah. album. I listened to it again today and I was like, wow, just just a work of art. She also became the first female act to chart 12 or more songs at the same time. And it was streamed 115 million times through Tidal, oh. setting a record for the most streamed album in a single week by a female artist in history um and it was 2016's third highest selling album in the u.s with 1.554 million copies sold in the first time period within the country as well as the best selling album worldwide with global sales of (laughs) 2.5 million throughout the year insane by 2019 it was certified three times platinum having sold up to three million album equivalent units in the united states alone it became her most critically acclaimed work to date several music publications including the included the album among the best of 2016 including rolling stones which listed lemonade at number one the album's visuals were nominated in 11 categories at the vmas the most received by beyonce in a single year went on to win eight awards including video of the year for formation the eight wins made beyonce the most awarded artist in the history of the vmas surpassing madonna's 20 awards um and then she occupied the sixth place for time magazine's 2016 person of the year so like i just love that we're this far into her career and like she just keeps topping herself <laughs> no she's like breaking her own records at this point because like no like, one else can compete with her yeah. it's amazing like, when the only record you've got left to beat is madonna yeah like casual <laughs> yeah it's fine that's a pretty great place to be in. Mm-hmm. in january of 2017 it was announced that beyonce would headline the coachella music and arts festival that would make beyonce only the second female headliner of the festival since it was founded in what? 1999 wow. and that crazy coachella do better i know it was later announced though that she would no longer be able to perform at the festival due to her doctor's concerns regarding her pregnancy oh. and the festival's owners announced that she will headline instead the 2018 festival but upon the announcement of beyonce's departure from the festival lineup tickets like the price dropped by 12 percent 
which is like just her power alone. At the Grammys that year, Lemonade led the nominations with nine, including album, record, and song of the year for Lemonade and Formation. But she actually only won two awards, which was Best Urban Contemporary Album and Best Music Video. Adele won it for album of the year for her album 25, which like admittedly is also an amazing album. Like they're both iconic, but Adele, I remember went up there and just stated that like Lemonade should have deserved it. Like that was her whole speech was that she pretty much just like paid homage to Beyonce the entire time. What album was that from Adele's? 25. So her last one before her most recent. Yeah. I mean, that was a very iconic. That's And that's like, I'm like, any other year, I feel like it would have been obvious. But like, there was so many good albums that like were huge that year. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think Beyonce's there like crying over not getting a Grammy considering how many she's had. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like at a certain point, you're just like, don't worry. I'm good. (laughs) You know? Totally. But very sweet of Adele to be like, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. November 10th, Eminem released Walk on Water that featured Beyonce as the lead single for his album Revival, which I was surprised that I for- I remember it now, but I was like, oh yeah, she did a collaboration with Eminem. Yeah. On November 30th, Ed Sheeran announced that Beyonce would feature on the remix of his song Perfect, which was the perfect duet. Which is beautiful. Yes. And I also checked today because I listened to her on Spotify and that is her most her current most popular streamed song on Spotify, which I was surprised. Yeah, um, I'm a little surprised. It is a beautiful song, though. Yes. And that song yes. reached number one, becoming her sixth song of her solo career to do so. On January 4th, the music video of Beyonce and Jay-Z's 444 collaboration, Family Feud, was released. On 2018, a joint tour with Jay-Z was leaked on Facebook, I guess. And then information <laughs> about the tour was taken down, but then... Like a week later on March 12th, they released a trailer for the tour on YouTube. April 14th, 2018, Beyonce played the first of two weekends as the headlining Mm -hmm. act of the Coachella Music Festival. Her performance of April 15th, attended by 125,000 festival goers, was immediately praised with multiple (laughs) media outlets describing it as historic. The performance became the most tweeted about performance of Weekend One, as well as the most watched live Coachella performance and the most watched live performance on YouTube of all time. The show paid tribute to black culture, specifically historically black colleges and universities and featured a live band with over 100 dancers and destiny's child also reunited during the show holy cow it's amazing (laughs) that is an amazing performance and then on john excuse me on june 6th of 2018 her and her husband kicked off the on the run tour in cardiff Um, And then 10 days later at the final London performance, the pair unveiled Everything is Love, their joint studio album credited under the name The Carters, and initially was available exclusively on Tidal. The pair also released the video for the album's lead single, Ape Shit, on Beyonce's official YouTube channel. (laughs) Everything is Loved received generally positive reviews and debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard charts. Okay, so now 2019 to present. So (laughs) Homecoming, which is a documentary and concert film, Focusing on Beyonce's historic 2018 Coachella performance was released by Netflix on April 17th of 2019. If you haven't watched that, you need to go watch it. It's so I do need to watch it. Good. I've watched it a couple of <laughs> times. It's just, for one, it's like incredible what she did to prepare, to prepare for the performance and then to like see it in action. Oh, it's just incredible. And like, I think sometimes it's like, oh, is it fun watching live performances like on video like if you're not there in person experience it it doesn't make mm-hmm. me feel worth it trust me it's it's just as worth it like just just go watch it That's it's awesome. incredible the film was accompanied by the surprise live album homecoming the live album it was later reported that beyonce and netflix had signed a 16 million dollar deal to produce three different projects one of which is homecoming and it received six nominations at the emmy awards for that year and then this is when she starred as the voice of Nala in the remake of The Lion King, which was released in 2019. She's featured on the film soundtrack released on July 11th of that year with the remake of the song Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And then additionally, there was an original song from the film by Beyonce Spirit. It was released as the lead single from both the soundtrack and The Lion King, The Gift, a companion album that released alongside the film produced and curated by Beyonce. She called The Lion King the gift a sonic cinema. She also stated that the album is influenced by everything from R&B, pop, hip-hop, and Afrobeat. The songs were additionally produced by African producers, which she said was because, like, 
authenticity and heart were very important to her since the film is set in Africa. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I actually wish that more films would kind of do that yeah. with like their production team, like pull from the resources the actual... you've got, you know? Absolutely. I thought that was yeah. cool that she made that point to do it. And then in September of the same year, a documentary chronicling the development, production, and the music video filming of this it was called Beyonce Presents Making the Gift was aired on ABC. And then in 2020, she was featured on the remix of Megan Thee Stallion's Savage, making her first material. I forgot that. Uh -huh. It's a good <laughs> verse too. Yeah. And the song peaked on the Hot 100, marking her 11th song to do so across all of her acts. Um, of course. And then she released the nonprofit single Black Parade. June 23rd, she this. followed up the release of its studio version with an acapella version exclusively on Tidal. So she's always pushing Tidal. Black is King, which is a visual album based on the music of The Lion King, premiered globally on Disney Plus on July 31st of 2020. That was produced by Disney. The film was written, directed, and executive produced by Beyonce, which is crazy. And it was described as a celebratory memoir for the world on the black experience um and she received the most nominations at the 63rd annual grammy awards and the most awards she won four for that which made her the most awarded singer most awarded female artist and the second most awarded artist in grammy history just record after record after, after record. record holy cow uh -huh. yeah and then she wrote and recorded a song titled Be Alive for the biographical drama film King Richard. And she received nice. her first Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for that song, which I thought was really cool. Also crazy that it took That's this really song cool. for her to finally be like nominated for an Oscar when she had done it for so many movies. I know. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So to end here. So we've got her life. But I do want to talk a little bit about her songwriting as well as her legacy because there's just, oh man, I feel like there were so many things like we didn't even talk about like all the charity work she's done, which I know. she's so and just incredible there's with. There's so much more too. Like she has fashion lines. Yes, there's and so activism. many businesses. And like there's just so much that we can't go into because it's just like there's a whole section of endorsements and partnerships. Yeah obviously the like we've mentioned a few but like there's just a lot a there's lot. more material for her than practically anyone we've ever talked about mm -hmm. <laughs> honestly we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists in honor of our beyonce episode what i decided to do is i just went on instagram and i searched beyonce art and there are a lot of people who have depicted beyonce of course um, but what I actually ended up found, finding, which I think deserved a shout out, is a Instagram page called Black Art Expo. Um, it was established in 2018, and it is the People's Virtual Culture Museum, a space of unapologetic, unapologetic Black creators plus lovers of Black art. So not specifically a woman artist, but definitely a cool organization that posts a lot of amazing art. Um that you know was created by black american or black people so you can go follow them black creative people um the beyonce one that they posted was like march of 2021 so it's been a while but i i think that what they do is just post it from all different people's like all different creators so if you follow them they tag all of their artists and you know everything that they repost so you can find a lot of potential artists mm -hmm. through this page um and yeah it's, it's i really love fun and really cool finding pages like this because then you're able to like find mm -hmm. more people yeah so which is just more. really really cool and incredible so yeah again that is black art expo they repost yeah just so many i'm just scrolling through their account now and there's just so many cool amazing things so go follow them and yeah fill up your feed with some That's more art. awesome Ooh, okay. I'm actually going to spotlight someone from this page. I was going to do someone different, but I just found somebody really cool. So from that page, there is a, yes, in her work. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it is an artist named Dr. Natrice Argaskins. Um, she's an African-American digital artist, academic, cultural critic, and advocate of STEAM fields, which I love. Have you heard about the difference? They're changing all of STEM to STEAM promotion to include oh, art no. which I love because it's so important oh, cool. I've seen a lot of emphasis on it lately 
But something that she does in a lot of her work is Afrofuturism, which is also incredible. Of course, she's an African-American, so it's very fitting. Her username is Nettie Beat Rice, and her work is gorgeous. It's these portraits of people. There's, like, colors and layers of, like, gold and floral, and it's just gorgeous. And on her website, I was looking, and she has a lot of, like prominent figures as well that she does like she did a portrait of greg tate mm. she has one of she has a portrait on view at carnegie hall um she has a portrait of harriet tubman that was the part of a special issue magazine for harriet tubman um just like a part of a, a bunch of stuff that's going on and it's definitely very fitting because her work is just gorgeous yeah, it really is. It's so amazing. pretty. I also love that she's like speaking out about different things like history and cultural issues. Um, she posted about the massive shooting in Buffalo, New York, just barely, and highlighted a lot mm-hmm. of the the victims from that, as well as just posting about like Willie Mae Thornton and you know just so many wonderful things so definitely check her out yeah this is incredible yeah definitely go go follow all right now back to the show but the reason I want to bring up her songwriting is because there's kind of a bit of like I don't know if the word's controversy but kind of so she's received co-writing credits for most of her songs something that I love a quote from her she said, I love being around great writers because I'm finding that a lot of the things I want to say, I don't articulate as good as maybe Amanda Ghost. So I want to keep collaborating with writers and I love classics and I want to make sure years from now, the song is still something that's relevant, which I think is really cool. Yeah. In 2001, she became the first black woman and second female lyricist to win the pop songwriter of the year at the ASCAP Pop Music Awards. And she was the third woman to have writing credits on three number one songs, Irreplaceable, Grills, and Check on it in the same year and that was after carol king in 1971 and mariah carey in 1991 so she's like in good company yeah um and she's tied with the american lyricist diane warren at third with nine songwriting credits on number one singles but like i mentioned she's received a lot of criticism from journalists and musicians for the extensive writing credits on her songs the controversy surrounding her songwriting credits began with interviews in which she attributed herself as a songwriter for songs in which she was a co-writer or for which her contributions were actually probably marginal um in a Mm. cover story for vanity fair in 2005 she claimed to have written several number one songs for destiny's child contrary though to the credits which list her as a co-writer among like many others so Um, here's a question are you not able to claim that you've written a song if you're only a co-writer should you say i co-wrote I, or is she just like casually being like, oh yeah, like I wrote a couple of those songs for just, this is you know the what thing I mean? that makes me so mad is I feel like people think that like a good song or like, yeah, you can only take pride in writing the song if like you're the only one. And like, while I do like, I think it's impressive when people can write songs by themselves. And like when I write yeah. songs by myself, like there's one song like on my like upcoming EP that I wrote completely by myself. And like, I kind of hold that dear to my heart, you know, like I like that I wrote that one by myself. But I hate it when people like use it as a way to bring down a songwriter or an artist. Like, I feel like too, it's almost like, I don't know, sometimes it's just that, I don't don't know, like if you're going to make a pop hit and you're going to make it appeal to the masses, like, of course, you're going to like probably want more than one opinion on it. Yeah. Like when the more opinions and the better. at a certain point too like any even like small change and they have to credit someone you know yeah so like if someone is even like oh why don't you like change the melody slightly right here boom they're credited as a co-writer a co-writing credit and with like her being in such a collaborative environment like if anything to me it almost like shows how collaborative she is and how much she's like willing to give the credit in my opinion I don't know I just I personally I hate it because I in my opinion too like music is collaborative like it is a form of expression but I think like some of the best music comes when like you are making it with other people and I think that's what Beyonce does so well is like she can she knows like the talent to work with and that's how she's been able to 
do this whole hit after hit after hit thing is because she surrounds herself with incredibly talented people i agree because there's so much that goes into like producing a song that i like with the sound effects and the different instruments and like everything else i can't imagine like getting mad at someone for not doing every single part of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean yeah (laughs) like there's a reason that like back in the day before our like modern production equipment pretty much every singer was in a band they had to have a group to help them Mm -hmm. There was a 2000 interview where she claimed to have conceived the musical idea for the Destiny Child's hit Bootylicious, which provoked the song's producer, Rob Fasari, to call her father and her then manager to protest over the claim. And he tells Mm. Billboard, Knowles explained to me in a nice way, he said, people don't want to hear about Rob Fusari, producer from Livingston, New Jersey. No offense, but that's not what sells records. What sells record is people believing that the artist is everything. However, in an interview for Entertainment Weekly in 2016, Fusari said Beyonce had the bootylicious concept in her head. That was totally her. She knew what she wanted to say. It was very urban pop angle that they were taking on the record. So... (laughs) I don't know. And like, that's the annoying, maybe another annoying thing is like years and years ago, it was so, so normal for like the performer to be enough. You know what I mean? Or to recognize the talent that a performer could bring to a song and how much they could change the song. But I think now it's like you're expected to do everything. And it's like, if you're not writing your songs, you're not a real artist when like, no, there is an art to performing and having the charisma and having the talent and like having the taste almost to say, here's the concept I want. Let's help it make it into something like even if Beyonce is not the main co-writer on all of her songs, I know she is like the visionary behind each of the projects. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think even when we talked about our Taylor Swift episode, we mentioned that she's grown a lot as a vocalist, but her strength is her song Mm -hmm. writing. And I think that Beyonce is very lucky in the fact that she has a very strong performance level. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And then she's a wonderful collaborator. And, you know, like people are going to have different strengths. It doesn't mean that they can't reach the same level of success. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me that and the it's whole interesting like, well, they that, didn't write their whole album. Yeah, we have the expectation now that they have to do it all themselves or it's like not a worthy work of art. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. In 2009, Ryan Tedder's original demo for Halo leaked on the internet that pretty much revealed an identical resemblance to Beyonce's recording, but she received a writing credit. And then when interviewed by The Guardian, he explained that Beyonce had edited the bridge of the song vocally and thus earned the credit. Although I guess he kind of vaguely questioned the ethics of her possible demand for a writing credit in other instances. So he was kind of like, yeah, like she deserved it for Halo, but like maybe she didn't deserve it in other places. And that's like another pretty common thing I know in the pop world where it's almost like it's negotiable for the artist to receive a portion of the writing credit. And the reason for that is because if they receive a portion of the writing credit, they're getting more money from it. Yeah. So it is a thing that happens in the pop world that a singer will be credited on a song that maybe they didn't actually write or maybe they changed one word so that they technically could be a writer on it. But he did say that she does stuff on any given song that when you go from the demo to the final version, it takes it to another level that you never would have thought of as a writer. For instance, on Halo, that bridge on her version is completely different to my original one. Basically, she came in, ditched it, edited it, did her vocal thing on it, and now it's become one of my favorite parts of the song. The whole melody, she wrote it spontaneously in the studio. So her credit on the song stems from that and then in 2014 the popular industry songwriter linda perry responded to a question about beyonce receiving a co-writing credit for changing one lyric to a song and she said well haha um that's not songwriting but some of these artists believe it wasn't for them your song would never get out there so they take a cut just because they are who they are but everyone knows the real truth about beyonce she is talented but in a completely different way and her remarks were echoed by frank oak Frank Ocean, who acknowledged the trend of recording artists forcing writing credits, but jokingly suggested that Beyonce had an exception status to this. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like a lot of people do that, but. But I think they're all acknowledging that it's like Beyonce does bring something so unique and special in the way she performs it that it's kind of like, you know what? We'll let Beyonce do this and say it's justified. (laughs) 
Fair enough. But the Everything is Love producers, which one of them was Dre, he said that Beyonce is 100% involved in writing her own songs, saying that she put her mind to the music and did her thing. If she had a melody idea, she came up with the words. If we had the words, she came up with the melody. She's a beast. And then when speaking on the writing process, Neo, when asked about his collaborative writing experience with Beyonce, said that they both wrote two totally different songs. So yeah, I gave her writer's credit because that counts. That's writing and she put her spin on it. And then there was a another thing that I thought was cool. There was a producer named The Dream, and he said, we did a whole Fila album that didn't go up. It wasn't right before we did four. We did a whole different sounding thing, about 20 songs. She said she wanted to do something that sounded like Fila. That's why there's so much in that sound in the end of time. There's always multiple albums being made. Most of the time, we're just being creative, period. We're talking about B, somebody who sings all day long and somebody who writes all day long. There's probably a hundred recordings just sitting around, which I thought was really cool. That's crazy to think about. Like mm-hmm. Beyonce just foundered by like a graveyard of records that never that haven't get made it to an album. Yeah, because she's like, eh, not good enough. Which like I did see a tweet from somebody like talking about the Taylor Swift vault tracks and they were like, How did she ever think I wouldn't want to hear this? Uh-huh. And I feel like it's very fitting. I feel like that needs to be a trend that artists do is like their own vault tracks because like oh, I yeah. want to hear some of them. No, it would be so nice. I would love to hear all of the songs that they didn't think were good enough to make And then it. be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, because people aren't always right. Like, yeah. Sometimes you just guess and you don't know, but like there could be something in there that's, you know, the next single lady Still holds up. I know. So I want to briefly go over her personal life and then we're going to talk about her impact and then we will wrap this up. So cool. personal life. So like Stani mentioned she met Jay-Z after their collaboration in 2003 and she actually appeared as Jay-Z's girlfriend in the music video for the song that kind of fueled speculation Ooh. about the relationship but then April 4th of 2008 Beyonce and Jay-Z married without publicity uh, but as of 2014 the couple has sold a combined 300 million records together they are known for their private relationship but that's kind of become to be a little bit more relaxed since 2013 Something sad is in 2010 or 2011, she actually had a miscarriage and she described it as the saddest thing that she had ever endured. She returned to the studio and wrote music to cope with the loss. And then in April of 2011, Beyonce and Jay-Z traveled to Paris to shoot the album cover for four. She became pregnant in Paris, which I think is funny that that's included, that they're like, by the way, she conceived in Paris there. I'm like, oh, good to know. (laughs) I mean, it's very bougie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But in August, the couple attended the 2011 VMA Awards at which she performed Love on Top and ended the performance by revealing that she was pregnant, which is iconic. Um, I love that. Her appearance helped the year's MTV Union music awards become the most watched broadcast in mtv history pulling in 12.4 million viewers and the announcement was listed as the guinness world records for most tweets per second recorded for a single event on twitter receiving 8868 tweets per second and beyonce pregnant was the most googled phrase the week of (laughs) august 29th of 2011 holy cow and then january 7th of 2012 she gave birth to her daughter blue ivy and that name also oh, was, was iconic everywhere I remember it that. was everywhere for like months mm-hmm. so, yeah following the release of lemonade which included the single sorry in 2016 speculations arose about jay-z's alleged infidelity with a mistress that she refers to as becky and it kind of seems like that's like the whole concept of lemonade is like mm-hmm. getting past that and moving past that all in February 1st of 2017, she revealed on her Instagram account that she was expecting twins. Her announcement, which I still remember that picture, it's iconic. It gained over 6.3 million likes within eight hours, breaking the world record for the most like image on the website at the time. And on July 13th of 2017, she uploaded the first image of herself and the twins onto her Instagram account, confirming their date as a month prior on June 13th, with the post becoming the second most liked on Instagram behind her own pregnancy announcement. The twins, a daughter named Rumi and a son named Sir, were born. Crazy. Uh-huh. So let's talk about her impact and then we will wrap this up. So Does she only have three kids? Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to think Rihanna's pregnant right now though, right? Yes, Rihanna is pregnant. Oh, okay. I was trying to remember a lot of people had a lot of quarantine babies. So yeah. I didn't know maybe I missed another one. A Jay-Z. I honestly and forgot baby. that her like 
pregnancy announcement was for twins. I totally forgot that she had twins. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but like, how cool is that? And I remember it was super iconic. Also one of those things that was just everywhere. But mm-hmm. I don't know why I was like expecting another little Beyonce baby soon. But yeah. Maybe I'm psychic. Maybe it's maybe the announcement's coming. We'll see. <laughs> so her success has led to becoming a cultural icon and earning her the nickname Very Queen Bee, Queen Bay, of course. Mm-hmm. In the New Yorker, music critic Jody Rosen described Beyonce as the most important and compelling popular musician of the 21st century. The result, the logical endpoint of a century plus of pop. Um, which I thought was cool is there's a book called Atomic Habits and he draws a parallel between the singer's success and the dramatic transformations in modern society. He said, in the last 100 years, we have seen the rise of the car, the airplane, the television, the personal computer, the internet, the smartphone, and Beyonce. And Beyonce. Which (laughs) I love love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then The Observer named her artist of the decade from the 2000s to 2010. Writer for Entertainment Weekly, Alex Suskind noticed how Beyonce was the decade's 2010s defining pop star stating that no one dominated music in 2010s like Queen Bee explaining that her songs her songs album rollout stage presence social justice initiatives and disruptive public relations strategy have influenced the way we viewed music since 2010. What I think so cool is she's kind of credited with the invention of like the staccato rap singing style that has since dominated pop and rap music. Lakin Starling of The Fader wrote that Beyonce's innovative implementation of the delivery style on Destiny's Child 1999 album The Writing on the Wall invented a new form of R&B. Beyonce's new style subsequently changed the nature of music, revolutionizing both singing in urban music and rapping in pop music and becoming the dominant sound of both genres. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. And then this staccato rap singing style continued to be used in the music industry in the late 2010s and even now in the early 2020s aaron williams of approx described beyonce as the primary pioneer of the rapping style that dominates the music industry today with many contemporary rappers implementing beyonce's rap singing michael eric dyson said that beyonce changed the whole genre and has become the godmother of mumble rappers who use the staccato rap singing cadence and then he added that she doesn't get credit for the remarkable way in which she changed the musical vocabulary of contemporary art which is that's amazing so cool she's i feel like no one ever talks about that yeah like how she literally like changed this genre beyonce has also been credited with reviving the album as an art form in an era that was dominated by singles and streaming and this started with her 2011 album four while mainstream r&b albums and artists were foregoing albums um in favor of like singles that were more like edm focused she aimed Mm -hmm. to place the focus back on albums as an art form and reestablish r&b as a mainstream thing and this really became like her main focus in 2013 with her album Beyonce it was only available to purchase as a full album on iTunes usually you can like buy individual tracks but she made it so you had to just buy the album or you had to stream it Caitlin Menza wrote that this made listeners experience the album as one whole sonic experience the way people used to noting the musical and lyrical themes which I love is that really cool yeah I'm glad she did that because like if albums went away that would be I love love listening to an album as a body of work yeah agreed I just think it's one of the most beautiful art forms in music the fact that you have like a whole collection mm-hmm. of songs that fit together somehow like I love I love albums. the album me too yeah there was also Jameson Cock for The Verge was described how Beyonce's 2013 album initiated a gradual trend of albums becoming more cohesive and self-referential. And this phenomenon reached its end point with Lemonade, which set a new standard for pop storytelling at the highest possible scale. <laughs> And then Megan Carpentier of The Guardian wrote that with Lemonade, Beyonce has almost revived the album format by releasing an album that can only be listened to in its entirety, which I love. And then, of course, several recording artists have cited Beyonce as their influence. Lady Gaga explained how Beyonce gave her the termination to become a musician, recalling seeing her in a Destiny Child's music video and saying oh she's a star i want that rihanna was similarly inspired to start her singing career after watching beyonce telling e-talk that after beyonce released dangerously in love i was like wow i want to be just like that she's huge and just an inspiration lizzo was also first inspired by beyonce to start singing by watching her perform at a destiny's child concert 
Ariana Grande also said that she learned to sing by mimicking Beyonce. Adele cited Beyonce as her inspiration and favorite artist, telling Vogue, she's been a huge and constant part of my life as an artist since I was about 10 or 11. I think she's really inspiring. She's beautiful. She's ridiculously talented and she is one of the kindest people I've ever met. She makes me want to do things with my life. And then actually both Paul McCartney and Garth Brooks said that they watch Beyonce's performances to get inspirations for their own show. Holy um, cow. Brooks saying that when you watch one of her performances, quote, take out your notebook and take notes. No matter how long you've been on that stage, take notes on that one, <laughs> which I love. Can you it. imagine a Beatle being like, I watch your shows for Yeah, like literally the Beatles, Paul McCartney, <laughs> no big deal. That's insane. Um, and then she is known for coining popular phrases such as put a ring on it, a euphemism for marriage proposal. Another one is, quote, I woke up like this, which started a trend of post-morning selfies with the hashtag I woke up like this and boy oh bye, which was actually used as part of the Democratic National Committee's campaign for the 2020 election. I did not remember okay. that. That's hilarious. I didn't either. She also came up with the phrase visual album following the release of her fifth studio album, which had a video for every single song, Amazing. which has been recreated by many other artists since, such as Frank Ocean and Melanie Martinez. The Lemonade album also popularized surprise releases, which many artists have since done with like, you know, no prior announcements such as Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, Eminem, Frank Ocean, Jay-Z, and Drake. They've all kind of done this surprise album thing since. Oh man, one more paragraph. So she has received (laughs) numerous awards and is the most awarded female artist of all time. As a solo artist, having (laughs) sold over a hundred million records worldwide, a further 60 million Additionally, with Destiny's Child, she's one of the best-selling music artists of all time. The Recording Industry Association of America listed Beyonce as the top certified artist of the 2000s decade with a total of 64 certifications. Her songs, Single Ladies, Put a Ring on It, Halo, and Irreplaceable are some of the best-selling singles of all time. And then she has won 28 Grammy Awards, both as a solo artist and a member of Destiny's Child and the Carters, making her the most honored singer male or female by the Grammys. And she's also the most nominated (laughs) artist in Grammy history with a total of 79 nominations. Holy crap. Now I feel like I can like take a breath after like listing just all of that. It's it's insane. I mean, like, I feel like to just say that she's the most accomplished woman in music is like understating it still you know what I mean exactly (laughs) but it's just there's no way to explain how somebody can have like a career like this long lasting and this like record breaking continually just over and over again she's just truly like an icon and like I mean she has like three kids now I think how old is Beyonce now yeah I'm gonna google um she is 40 she oh my gosh yeah. So she's 40. She's got so much of her life left. Like, what? what's she going to do now? I don't know. Something Continue, amazing. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, why not? Just she's keep, keep going. going. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Yeah. That's just incredible. And like we said, there's so much more. We so can't much. keep going. We'd be here forever. But just there's even like there's whole websites and pages and everything for Destiny's Child, as well as her group with Jay-Z, the Carters, like there's so much that branches off of Beyonce, her fashion label with her mom, like her activism too, like, which, yeah, I mean, yeah, we didn't even touch on, but it's so prevalent and like so important to what she's doing as a homework. Like everyone needs to go watch homecoming on Netflix. It's Mm -hmm. so good. Completely agree. Even though I haven't, I will. I promise. I'm not I don't usually watch live performances. I I really have to get into it in order to do it. But it, it's so good. <laughs> I've seen it sure. two or three times. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, eh, I think I'll watch it tomorrow while I'm working. Because yeah. it's just, it's that good. I think the best way to sum her up very shortly is her occupation listed on Wikipedia is as a singer, songwriter, producer, dancer, actress, businesswoman, and director. (laughs) Just a couple very casual (laughs) credits to her name. Oh, man. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think I personally really gave her the credit she deserves. Like I said, like, I knew she was an icon. I knew she's the best of the best, but like... To actually like sit here and like read through all of her accomplishments, I'm just like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. And I think like to still be like so positively viewed, 
like by the public too you know like mm-hmm. that's also impressive like everyone no it truly who doesn't is love Beyonce what's wrong like with I kept you thinking that at some point I would be like less surprised by the stuff that we were reading yeah. about because even how much I know about her like there are still little moments that I was just like oh yeah oh yeah or, whoa uh-huh. <laughs> you know like just because it's gone on for so long and she's so accomplished mm-hmm. really an incredible 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 performer woman everything yeah yeah absolutely well go listen to some Beyonce go listen yeah. to Lemonade go watch the visual album go enjoy go just partake in some content definitely and cool thanks for tuning in I hope you enjoy mm-hmm. our like legend series we've got going on if you have any like modern artists that you feel like we should cover in between our Mm. more ignored historical episodes let us know I already you know I have ideas of people I want to do but let us know yeah especially if it's in a different industry we've done a lot of like musicians because I feel like they're so like in pop culture vital and like setting pop culture tone but if there's anyone else that we're missing that's like a modern icon in a different industry I'd love to hear about them Mm -hmm, absolutely and we will be back next week with another historical artist bye Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.